Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. She, uh, I am happy to have you listening to a really, really seriously old friend of mine. Not that she's old, but we've been friends for a long, long time. <laughs> That's one way Cat, to put it. <laughs> Cat out myself. Uh, Allie Beck. She's an amazing woman. She's an artist. Uh, she's a writer. She, she's working sort of on her 10th book right now. And uh, she's an incredible meta- metaphysician. So, uh, Eric, welcome uh, Allie back to the show. Yeah, Allie back. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I'm speechless. So, <laughs> I, you're still I, getting I over that old thing, right? Okay. <laughs> and very old friend. Not that she's old, but the friendship <laughs> is. <laughs> Well, we're all old souls, so what the heck? There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what they say in metaphysics: if you're an old slow, an old soul, you must be a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> we have to keep doing it till we get it right. Till we get it right, you know. Or, or the other metaphysical insult is uh, must be your first life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Too many memories, and a lot of the memories are found in your book, books, plural, yeah. many plurals, of uh, the Inari Chronicles, uh, The Children of the Inari is the number one book. You gave me a copy of that book back when it first came out, and I'm trying to remember when that was, because I know you did a rewrite on it. 96. 96, yeah. yeah. And we have knew each other for, um, what, eight years before that, I think. Um. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. met up in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, I was still living in Arizona, where I'm living again. But uh, I went. I went to um, do the uh, Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo uh, at Seattle Center, and you were selling the most incredible headdresses I have ever seen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you. You are so talented on so many levels that I'm not saying this, you know, uh, because it's totally true. I mean, uh, the headdresses, I always, like, why didn't I buy one of those headdresses when I had a chance? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they've kind of gone elsewhere, got, found new homes. So. <laughs> they did find new homes, um, yeah. but they're they're amazing. And um, I would advise uh, anybody in our audience, because this is radio, uh, to go on Ali Beck's website um, and see some of uh, the stuff she does. Her costuming is amazing. And you got more into costuming when you were belly dancing, didn't you? Well, I, when I graduated college, I kind of fell into it. And art has always been my thing, and it just didn't matter. It just evolved what form, and that's what So I, I graduated with a, gr- a degree in graphic design. I come home from college, and there, my high school that it's was only like a couple blocks away. They were using it oh, like a community so center, and that's where I started taking the dance. Yeah, it's see. I think this is something that um, a lot of people don't understand about art. Uh, it isn't just a thing you do; it's who you are. Exactly. Yeah. And it and, and it kind of comes out in different ways. I mean, I consider this show art. Right. <laughs> Most people <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> It's yes, like, yeah. it's evolving. Everything's evolved. <laughs> yeah, it's evolving. And, um, you know, and, and, and of course, people say, well, what is your show about? Well, um, it changes from week to week. Right. 
And so it, uh, it's what, it, and I tell people the fact is, it's actually whatever is in, interests me, and everything interests me. And you're you're kind of that way in a little in a little more. I mean, I'm I'm really out there, but you you have it. It seeps out of you in multiple ways. Yes. Yeah. And I, one of the things. Go ahead. Well, I just art was always my passion, and I just had to keep I guess experimenting to find the most powerful one, which that's what the writing has became. The one that expressed the most from my core and soul more than, I mean, the dance was before it. And when that shifted, that's when the writing showed up. The first, when when, the, when the what first happened, the, the writing showed up? Pardon? You said something, I missed what you said happened and the writing showed up. Oh, when I, when I hit um, burnout with the dance and I, I couldn't stop creating. That, the art in whatever form, because I'd done drawing and painting and sculpture and photography and everything practically in college and prior to that, and, and then the dance and the costumes. And when I hit uh, a point of burnout that I needed a break from it, I, I, I still was like, i got to create, i got to create, i got to create. And I had toyed with... Uh, writing as a kid, but didn't find encouragement in it. Had an English class in college um, that the professor had us write essays, and he told me I should write, which blew me away then. And But I didn't really get into it until I had to set the dance aside, and I just, I had to create something, and I always wanted to, I wanted to write fantasy. I wanted to write, I didn't, I, I loved science fiction, but I didn't know the, the technical stuff. For that, and I had had fallen in love with the fantasy genre, and at about the same time, I was kind of studying metaphysics. And so, what what I didn't realize that the first few years I worked on the with the first book, but what I saw later was my guides um, that I call the Inari, and um, they were directing the story. And so even if I was trying to go a certain direction, because I remember buying a lot of writing books that I ended up not using, because <laughs> if I did the, like, I, a few the times. how-to books? Yeah, how to, all the how-to, right, how to do this, how to, you yeah, know, the grammar yeah. and the structure and all of that. And probably the best one somebody suggested was write how you talk, and I think I still have that one. And... Uh, I, uh, oh crap, I, I lose track easily. Sorry, I'm a Gemini, so I lose track. But um, I, oh, I know what it was. I, start, I tried to do plots, like a plot outline for a chapter, and the guides would laugh. Actually, I felt like at the time it was the characters would laugh in my head, and it was like, well, we're not going that way. And so I struggled with the first book, which I started in 88, and finished it on Christmas weekend of 91. and But it took a couple of years before I pretty much just like, okay, I'll just write what I get, thinking still on some level that it was my imagination. And it took a while, you know, longer than that to just let go and realize what, what I was getting and to just follow it and trust that 
I was being true to what I wa- to what I was getting the storyline, even when it went places that I didn't necessarily want to go. So because it also reflected uh, things in my life, I manifested. Uh, originally, I saw it was a two year gap, but I would have an event happen and realize I'd written it around my main character Morgana. Like, and give me an example. The, the longer that I kept at it, the closer that gap shrunk. To, uh, I don't, I don't see as much in the way of manifesting. I hear that it's still there, but it's changed over the years. That about because it's been it's like thirty one years now since I started it. So since it's, you started it's the in that time. chronicles. Part, since you started the Chronicles. Since I started, yeah, the first book. Okay, and, so we have not let the audience know, and I think now is a really appropriate time uh, to say, um, I'm just going to say you are working on. Yes. You book are 10. working on book number 10. Yeah. And that's a lot of books. Yes. And that's a lot of growth, I might add, at the same well, time. The books. They're, they're all connected. Uh, if you pick up book six, it won't make sense. You have to start at the beginning because it's a continuous uh, storyline. It's a, it, it, The book itself is only like a year uh, thread in the timeline in the book. Uh, but it, it branches out from a few central characters into... Uh, other characters and their growth as the main characters are growing, how her presence affects others around her uh, without them even consciously knowing it. That it's, a, it's about awakening. It's about awakening the spirit and, and the all that is. Well, and with all the talk about ascension, uh, these exactly, days, yeah, it's ascension, yeah. I think it's very, uh, very pertinent and very helpful for people. I, I really think that uh, um, that these books, um, you know, and it was a long time ago, and I that I read that book number one, you know, the Children of the Anari, and right. uh, you sent me a copy that's it's been rewritten. I did, I did the <clears> editing <throat> to the best of my ability. Um, and cleaned it up, tightened it up to get it a little more. Uh, I'm not. Even, I'm not even sure the word to get it smoothed out a little bit and more in line with the current ones through my writing. It didn't change the story. It just changed how I. The more that I did it, and I worked with a couple of editors on the first three books, and so they were able to give me some, you know, feedback and information to make it clearer, make the story clearer in how I write it. I write it from flow and what I see and hear from spirit. Uh, and then I have to, I'm an artist first. The, 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 the analytical stuff, I have more, I can do critical mind, but it's, English was not my major. Yeah, I was one of those weird ones in school that I was a little different. Art was your major. My, yeah. I had two majors and three minors. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> psychology and sociology, I had enough in both of those for them to be majors. Right. And uh, then I had enough in philosophy, history, and English for those to be minors. 
because I would like, oh, ancient and medieval literature. And it fits right into my schedule. I think I'll take that class. You, know? <laughs> you probably went to a bigger university than I did. <laughs> um, I started I started at Texas Woman's University. And then I transferred to Texas Tech because my girlfriend's father was the head of the pilot training school at Reese Air, Air Base. Oh. And all those little second lieutenants up there. And and Daddy was running the candy shop, you know. Oh, my. <laughs> so we said, let's go to Texas Tech. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, I, I then I was in San Francisco in the Haight-Ashbury and blah, 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 and then went back to Texas and uh, finished up at the University of Texas in Austin. Well, I was a Seattle kid, and I went to school in Ellensburg at Central Washington when it was a college. And all I wanted to do was the art, but I didn't want to teach. And yes. So I thought I'd go into the commercial aspect, and at the time they had what they called a broad broad air. Broad, major, broad area major, there was no minor. So, ah. I, so it was, so that's why I, t- I took like uh, television, uh, oh, the crew uh, classes. And I could say I took everything but glass blowing, metal design, and jewelry making. And jewelry making is the only one I wish I'd taken later when I started collecting crystals. I'll but bet you I had drawing you did and painting yeah, yeah, because with stuff. all the stones that you, because right, you and I yeah. both kind of, you know, gravitate to stones. Right, yeah. And I started collecting a lot of stones in the 80s. So. Yeah, I, I've said, yeah, yeah, me too in the 70s. So, but I, I would, uh, you know, always say I make talismans because right. I can't say I make jewelry because I'm not good enough you know, <laughs> to do that. But talismans I can do, you know. <clears throat> you know, because um, I'm. St- excuse me. I still. I this cold comes and goes, so yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with a little bit of phlegm. It, it's so. the crazy energy. They were sitting I know. on me earlier. So, but it's. But there are worse things. Yeah. I mean, my mind is semi clear, and of course, these days, who knows how clear anybody's mind can be with so much that's going on, and you know. It was interesting. You and I had a conversation the other day, and uh, uh, for those of the audience who don't know, when I was I, at the beginning, when I was joking around and saying she's an old friend, it was the fact that we've known each other for decades. Yep. And there's always been a very strong connection between us. When I was doing a little, uh, a little TV show, uh, it was called People Making a Difference. You were one of the people that was in my opening. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot yes, about that. Yeah. Yes, I did too. Still in Seattle, yes. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was pretty. And you're the one that got me involved with uh, doing some of the stuff with. But I didn't actually belly dance. I, you know, <clears throat> I can belly dance uh, horizontally, not vertically. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. I'm not going to try to explain. <laughs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, Hiawatha, uh, yeah, Hiawatha, yeah. Uh, there by uh, 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 West Seattle High School, I was had yeah. this marvelous, you know, what was it called, fantasy? Um, Mediterranean Fantasy Festival Med- in their last year. They, did, they went 30 years. Yeah. They started in 88, and, uh, yeah, 1988, and their last year was 2017. 
and uh, going to their town. It yeah. was that that was thirty years. So yeah, TikTok, yeah, TikTok. Well, eighty-seven, a harmonic convergence. Yeah, that was a momentous. <laughs> there was a lot was of another one of those My years, dancing led to the book, and a show that I wrote for. Uh, I had a, a major. Oh, disagreement with certain dancers in Seattle that I'd worked with. It's like the universe was conspiring to push us in all different directions so that we had major issues in my 87 uh, big show in Seattle. And I wrote a storyline, fantasy storyline, for the show for 88. And uh, that pushed me in another direction, but really strongly into metaphysics. And uh, and that's the year that the book, the first book started. And right. So um, the dance, all of my, I look at it like all of my art has led to into the books. Right. Whatever I was doing beforehand, it all it's all an evolution to me. It all just you know goes in, into this point. So and there's a lot more books according to what I get um, that you know from from the from spirit that that. They told me in back in 2000 that there was 32 of them, and I'm hearing there's more now. So more than 32, I, and you and you're working on number 10. I'm, a, I'm so. on number 10. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 got to kick it into high gear, Allie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 quit slacking off. <laughs> well, they got to quit beating me up with these the, the energy shifts because I became really sensitive to the solar flares, the solar winds, the other cosmic stuff that they can't even, the science can't identify, and cell towers <laughs> and other things. And uh, it, it, if, I, if I get in pain, then it's hard to write. It's hard to concentrate, so, to let it well, flow through. And that's funny because I was just having a conversation with my daughter, Heather, about uh, she was laughing and saying, well, they're, they're trying to say these are fireballs coming up out of this river and that there's methane gas and all this and the scientists are trying to come up with this when really it's you know there's other there's other answers you know you if you don't know what the questions are it's hard to to get the right answers right and if you're not open to hearing a different answer that makes a real problem too right. that's what no I no 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 that answer doesn't work why not right. well exactly. it's just yeah. it's a, <laughs> So there are, you know, uh, I remember, you know, I lived in Santa Fe for a long time and we used to call Los Alamos up the hill, you know, the, the people up the hill. And it was very interesting to me that the physicists I knew, I mean, and these are, these aren't us metaphysicians. Uh, these are physicists, right? you know, uh, as concrete as uh, quantum physics can be, <laughs> whatever, you know, I mean, because right. it's not a concrete science. Uh, then uh, there's the, um, uh, but they, the physicists I talked to would say things like, metaphysics is actually the step after physics. You know, okay. there, there, I talked to, and I wish I could remember the guy's name because it was such an amazing conversation we had had, like, Oh, my goodness, back in the either the late 80s or the early 90s. And he was a physicist, and he was talking about how uh, Einstein's E equals MC squared is actually a formula to prove the existence of a soul. Okay. Now, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. 
you know, and I talked to my, my friend, John Maluski, he owns, I don't know, a few dozen, uh, 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 what do you call when you, you create something and, and then you, it's not a trademark, it's whatever, patent, patent. Patent, oh, right. He's the guy who developed the uh, the crystals that they put on the outside of the spaceships, you know, to keep them from burning up. Oh, okay. And so we had in Santa Fe what we called our mad scientist laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, he loved Herkimer's. We were experimenting with those. We were doing, you know, we were doing crystal bowls, you know, doing all of these things. And he wrote a book. Well, a lot of people wrote in that book, but he, you know, he put it together called the Crystal Source Book. Did you ever, did you ever read that? It was really no, an amazing I don't think I've book. I've had, I've had a few different ones. Yeah, this one's been out of print for, God, 30 years, I guess, something right. like that. I don't know. But uh, very interesting things. And when I think that when science and, you know, it's really hard. I, I use an example. Uh, how do you tell the difference between the lunatic fringe and the cutting edge? Because they look a lot alike. Right. Uh, my my mom was dating this guy named Jack Day who was going around and he had electrodes attached to his head and he had these boards in his apartment and he, and he had little things hanging off of him and he was doing all this and people called him Crazy Jack, right? Well, he's the guy that developed the system that sent the astronauts' heartbeat and respiration back. Okay, so who's okay. crazy? Wow. Do you know what I mean? Right. It, it's the all a matter of where yeah. you're standing on what on what you see. Can you can you look at the you know knee jerk reactions to things like well we don't like this guy so we're gonna we're gonna send a drone kill him and all these other people okay that'll take care of it and it's kind of short sighted you know extremely I mean? it's, it's, yeah it's a very limited perspective and view of the world and you know what if we get a war going in the Middle East Armageddon will come and all these horrible people are gonna die and we're gonna be the only ones left. How do you know you're going to be the only ones exactly. left? Exactly. <laughs> How do you know you aren't the bad people? <laughs> you, know? I mean, you know, so it's this short, this short-sighted view that is going to solve all your problems for you. Right. And uh, I think people like you and I, creative people, and real scientists, not technicians, but real scientists, are incredibly creative people. Well, they have to be because they have to. <laughs> To allow concepts into their into their mind that they've got to you know expand upon that see the validity of it. So mm -hmm. I would think they would have to be. And the first rule of science is observation. Right. So with your books, see how I work that in. So with your books, <laughs> you're t you are cataloging your own spiritual journey, but it is. A science, a metaphysically scientific uh, explanation and sharing of it. But you're doing it in a storytelling kind of way, making it palatable for people to read, meanwhile, while sharing concepts. Yeah, uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard it put quite like that, but yeah. It's, I think that's a pretty good well, explanation the thing, the, the myself. The big thing that I, I've noticed with in doing them, particularly the first one through into book seven was spirit brought me my stuff, whatever my emotional baggage was, if you want to call it that, from uh -huh. past relationships and family stuff. And I didn't consciously invite this, you know, into a character or what, you know, like 
like like normal writers would <laughs> when they develop a character. I didn't do any of that. And but this but this would show up these mirrors all the way through particularly the first seven books. And and then book seven it started expanding out to the world, to what I was seeing with uh, events going on, you know, whether they were religious or territory or what. I mean, it's still focused predominantly on a certain number of characters and their growth and their awakening. But the but the first books in particular, uh, I remember having doing a therapy group thing that a boyfriend at the time talked me into doing it to save our relationship. <laughs> and yeah, and he couldn't so afford it, but I no could at the time. Right? And in one of the sessions, and and I and I believe it was a group session, and this would have been ninety uh, four, I think ninety four, early ninety five, and I'm you know going through whatever the issue they had me. Uh, there was two therapists, and then maybe eight other you know eight of us clients or whatever in a group thing. And having all of this emotional stuff come out, blah, 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 whatever, sobbing and that, and then hearing in my head, you don't have to hurt this bad. There's an easier way. Wow, what a concept. And it was probably, actually probably was 95, so it was, you know, early 95, and I think I quit the therapy thing shortly after that, and it it got me... Uh, once I was clear of the relationship, because that was another story, <laughs> that oh, yeah. doing the writing, they would bring up, you know, whatever is I needed to focus on through certain characters. And uh, once I recognized the the mirror to, you know, with something that Morgana was going through with a relationship, and, and Morgana that, is your main Morgana's character. Main character. I would say Morgana the, is your alter ego, maybe. I don't know. Morgana is my, I believe, is my higher self. Okay. That that's, makes sense. That's how she, she is the innocent that is incredibly powerful and doesn't know it. And then she goes through uh, a, per, uh, a major change. I don't want to give the story away. you got to read all of no, it no, no. in book one. But And then there's other characters that seem to reflect I believe we all have different aspects within ourselves it's not we're not just one we have others no. be, because of, of parentage and friends and society we have these other pieces we're not just a single uh, character for lack of a better word and uh, so whatever she was going through if I saw the mirror and I acknowledged it and said, yes, I, you know, I'm talking to spirit, that I can see the mirror and I express the emotions. And sometimes it, it's like it's like releasing anything. It's like peeling layers off an onion. You have to get the layers out of the way before you can get to the core. So it, it, it was, you know, not just not her like stuff, sometimes with other characters and reflecting those other parts. Right, but would it, you say, but it instead, of an, instead of an onion, it's more like an artichoke. You're getting down to the heart. Well, I don't like artichokes. So I, I love artichokes. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Onion's the image they always gave me. <laughs> Peeling the layers off an onion. So, okay. Anyway, back to what you were, the but point. That, but, but that, and I've had uh, readers tell me, I've got a contact now that she's, she's on, currently on book nine, and how... 
seeing the, the, the choices of the characters and how it affects them, be it a good choice or, or a not good choice, and seeing the mirror in her own life. And I've had other people, uh, a, a lady I knew who unfortunately passed on down in Sedona that told me uh, this, like you, I'm sure Susan could if you'd you know, read more of them, because she had that more the psychology background, and she would we'd get together occasionally, and uh, she would tell me you know what she got off of the current whatever book she was reading at the time in more of the psychology terms that I was like oh I wish I had a tape recorder to record everything that you just said because I <laughs> I have trouble articulating mm-hmm. what the, these books are they read like fantasy but they're not. They are immense, and uh, it affects your life as you read it. I've had people tell me that uh, one gal down in Sedona in the first couple of year I was there, I think, after I'd already self-published the first book, and I had them in the store there at the center, and, and she got a copy. She was very, she was a druid. She was very proud of that. And, and She was uh, a what? In-your-face druid. Yeah, oh, to the, gotcha, to the gotcha. point of being annoying to other people who weren't through it. <laughs> like and some vegans. <laughs> Spirit, literally, she got the book, trying to make this short, she got the book, was going to read it, it disappeared. Mm-hmm. It, it showed up a few days later, like it dropped down behind something. She read it all one night, slept during the day, read it all again, and then she had a week's worth of, if every, if anything could go wrong, it would, because she confronted me after that as a at the, the New Age place and was like, I, could, I can't believe all of this stuff. You know, I'm, you know, I'm told me the story. And, and I mean, I don't remember all the details now, but it was like, yeah, that's because this isn't, this isn't, I've, I, you know, their friend is like, oh, it's just treat them as fantasy. Well, they're not. No. They read like no. it because no. that was the, that was the form I wanted to write. I wanted that, that mystery and fantasy and, you know, the, an the incredible thing, like, you know, like Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings and uh, Anne McCaffrey's Dragon book. Oh, my God, I love were my those biggest, books. I, those were the books I idolized. Right. And right. So, so this was like, you know, there's elements that I don't, I can't do violence. It's like the, I wrote one past life scene that one, one of my, Morgana ends up being her partner, uh, experienced. That was really violent. This was in book five, and it was uh, it was it was just really violent. I don't know how to. I don't want to go into detail because it was like okay. I sat, I wrote it, and as soon as I got done with it, it was like I had to like put my writing tools down because I write longhand. I don't write on the computer, and literally leave the room. And it's like okay, I know there's violence out there, but I'm not comfortable with it. So my books actually the the, the I, I got uh, Richard Bach's Illusion mm-hmm. in uh, a copy in, when I was still in the Northwest and from the Everett Mall in what have been 90, at the end of 95 or early 90, beginning of 96, before I got the uh, message to go to Sedona. And yeah, you and I were both his, in Seattle at the same time then. Yeah, I was, I was up Marysville north of Everett um, at that time for almost a year, before I got the message to go to Sedona. And um, I sat in the car and read the prologue and then bawled my head off because 
he makes a comment in that prologue that it's a love-hate thing. Sometimes he loves it, other times he hates it because whatever, it's what it stirs in him as a writer. And that was exactly how I felt in doing mine. I love them, but I don't always like where spirit leads me with some of the characters, the main character in, in the end of, of book seven. Um, I wasn't happy with that ending at all. I was in Idaho at the time, like on, the, on a five-and-a-half-month-long spiritual quest kind of thing with my car and no money, practically, and totally, totally taken care of, but it was very scary in some ways at the same time. And I, I had noticed years earlier, sometimes, not that I could direct it, I, I, by that point, I'd given up trying to direct where any of the characters were going. I, I could suggest, like, oh, okay, I want so-and-so, can we do that? And, it, and it, they would give me, you know, parts of that. But um, at that point, it was, I wanted, my, I wanted my main character back with her boyfriend kind of thing. <laughs> that didn't happen. It did not happen. And because I knew enough by then that uh, if, I, if it didn't show up in the writing, because at that point, when I write events, they were so close to being, you know, in my life at the same time, uh, that it just, it, it was not a, it wasn't a, to me, it wasn't a hopeful thing. And, right. but right. I had to write it. I, it was like, that, and I can, you know, looking back on it now, it was, a, it was perfect. But it but was it's still. to go through. Yeah. It, yeah. There's, there were, there were painful and elements to go through. There. So, because and separation <laughs> and, uh, Literally, the character, because she can change form, and she, does, she just finally realizes it, she is guided to uh, the, 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 the words that come out are uh, riding the wind. Right, she can right. go basically into light form and ride the wind, and but she doesn't know how to control it. So she has no idea where she's going to end up. Right, right. And her partner who is, uh, it's like I say, there's, there's so much information in these books. He's basically an intuitive and a healer, uh, has been like a hunter-warrior, sort of. And, right, right. Uh, but he's not with her, but he still has a vision and sees her do that. And he's of the belief that, she, again, she can't control it. So he's like, you know, don't do that kind of, but it's, does so i just gave away the, the very tail end of that's okay seven. well no, not, not totally because you have to figure out how you're going to get there right and yeah now you're but yeah. what you're sharing with people is you think it's in because you know what happened but people listening don't know what they gotta happened, read the book so it's not, yeah it's not yeah. giving away anything really yeah. um but your your books are they're not just a reflection of your own life but they're no, they, also, they, they also mirror the spiritual evolution of all humanity right now. That Other well, people that, that read them tap into, uh, with different characters. Uh, one, of, one of the characters in the, the, uh, the ninth book, uh, this uh, email friend is reading right now, she was, she was kind of bemoaning the fact, like, oh, he's so stubborn. And it's like, yeah, you know, and she admitted she has that problem, too. You know, right, it, it, right. It, so it puts it, herself just like the character. He he gets his stubbornness gets in the way, and he he inadvertently harms himself because of that. 
right. And I've but there's too, many layers so. and levels in this, and I want to go into this more after the break. Okay. Uh, because I really want us to 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 do this, and for the audience, um, I really advise you to uh, when we get back from the break, and we're going to give you all the information on how to find Allie Beck uh, on Facebook, uh, because she is also, my friends, a spiritual counselor, and she is presently residing in the southwestern part of Washington State, and. Uh, my idea is that she is well worth getting hold of and talking to about a variety of things, uh, however that uh, falls out. But right now, we need to take a short break, uh, some messages from some of our friends, and I want to remind you that you're listening to Susan Harmon Experience, she on Alternative Talk Radio, KKNW. Stay tuned for more. Are you ready to create relationships that actually work for you? Our Vast Institute Healthy Relationship Programs are designed for anyone ready to take relationships with self and others to the next level of confidence, trust, and intimacy. Enroll now for our April 5th program, Building the Healthiest of Relationships. If you're ready for a relationship where each person is free to learn, grow, and thrive, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to register. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Martha Norwalk, animal behaviorist, with sage advice about living with the critters of your choice. On Saturday, Jody Levon, psychic medium, returns for another in-depth discussion about what is happening on the other side. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor medium and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email Susan at SusanHarmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer. So set up your appointment by emailing Susan at SusanHarmon.com today. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience Sheet. Uh, we have with us today a very dear friend of mine. I know I said when we started the show, hello, hello. friend. Not because she's actually old, but because she has been my friend for a very long time, which makes both of us mature women. Um, so, <laughs> Allie, back has been yeah. oh, she's an amazing dancer uh, a costume designer but what's interesting about the 10 well she's working on book number 10 now of the Inari Chronicles uh, is that these books aren't just fantasy that's the format that she uses but they're 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 chronicling not just her spiritual awakening of of the major characters but it's a way that she has grown, her, that she's grown spiritually, and it also is something that will help anybody who's reading this books. Wouldn't you agree, Allie, that that people find themselves in the books that they're that they're reading? Definitely, yeah. There's there's a variety um, through the characters and their issues that I think everybody can reflect, you know, relate to on some point in their lives, and it can trigger stuff that if they're open to it, uh, that can help in their own healing of whatever those issues are. Well, you are, you are an incredible intuitive, too, because we've had amazing conversations. 
And you uh, you spent, God, how many years were you in Sedona? 19. 19 years. Yeah, you, you were in, you grew up in Washington State. You moved down to Sedona, and then you decided it was time to go back to Washington. Or Spirit decided it was time. I, I got, well, I was getting cooked by a cell tower. And um, I just felt I needed, I needed to get out of the state. So, and Washington had been home, so I came up here, not knowing where I was going, and I landed. <laughs> I landed right. safely. <laughs> and you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, so to speak. Yeah, I'm in the middle. Yeah, I'm on the edge of the coast, almost on the coast. But not quite. You're, not quite, you're yeah. in an interesting part of the state. Yes. Washington. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, um, but I, you know, in book number one, I just want to mention a couple of things that, uh, having just recently reread it, um, there's a, a part, Morgana, who is the main character through all of the books, um, what she would do when she was a young girl was go and sit by the river in this tree. And that was her, I don't know, what would you call it? Her that safe was her space. Sacred, sacred place. Right, a sacred place to her. And her father, and her father's representative of so much of the patriarchal energy that uses fear to bludgeon people. Right. And the father uh, is angry with her because uh, she's a, well, let's let's just call her a dreamer, I guess. A dreamer, yeah, definitely. And, And he has no time for dreamers. Right. And she leaves with her aunt, uh, in this thing of beginning her awakening, uh, all of the things that she had been told, she's finding out. Well, she's she at this point she doesn't know they're not true, but she knows what she feels. And her aunt says something I find highly important: find your own truth. Yeah. And I, I I relate to that so much because on this show on Susan Harmon Experience, I'm always telling people, well, this is how I see it. I've done this research. This is where I've got to. But don't take my word for it. Go out and check it out for yourself. Don't don't listen to one particular radio station. Don't listen to one, you know, particular point of view, but check these things out for yourself. Right. You know. And that to me is really important. So when her aunt says to her, find your own truth. Don't just take what people tell you is the truth. Find what you know to be the truth. And when she, when she, you know, her life is shattering right at this point and rebuilding. Wouldn't you say that would? Yeah. Oh, yes. Her total, it just, her worldview totally shifts at that point. Yeah. Because everything that she grew up to believing in her father's truth, and that's that's the core one, I think. Mm -hmm. Because I know that was where I was at saw it later didn't realize it so much you know originally when i wrote it but uh that's what was going on it totally shook me to my core that what i had been taught was the truth wasn't yeah was not true it was there was a like falsity uh in in so much of what our society you know our my my family and our society in general was the foundation wasn't true it was built on lies. Right. And so that event, the, the, the event that sets her off is the betrayal of uh, her father cutting the tree down. Yeah, and that the was the part I was getting her to her coming back. Her father and, violates that. 
and, and finding the tree cut. And that cut me when I read that. Yeah. <clears throat> that that here's the tree. It, the tree is an innocent victim. Exactly. Basically. But it was her safe space and all that. And she comes in. It's and 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 the way you describe it's so well written. And the way you describe the cuts on the tree where where he missed from he was so it's, you could tell that the tree was chopped down in anger. Exactly. That there wasn't clean cuts where he's just hitting that one place, but he's missing because he's so angry. And that's yes. that part of the way you wrote that was so impactful to me. Thank you. Yeah. You know that he he it's, it's like. You know, they describe when a victim has been stabbed to death and all the way that the knife, knife has hit, you know. Right. That's the way it felt with, with the tree being chopped down. And it was, it, it, it was, she was chopped down with the tree. But it was like a slender little tree growing up. What was it? The Guardians of the Universe, you know. Uh, I am, what is it? I am, you know. Court, whatever, whatever his name oh. is, that was tree like. I don't thing, know. Right? I, I don't watch those movies. <laughs> Such a good movie. No, you would love that movie. You would really love it. it. It's so cool. But he comes, you know, he's regrowing as this little thing. Then, you know, and he's this. Little, but it, it, there was a regrowth in her. Well, she was her, finding her, her truth. I look at it as okay. The image I just got in my head is like a door opened. Mm-hmm. That she didn't know was there. A whole new world opened that she had no idea was there by that betrayal. And it's interesting because you, you're talking about the, the little a little tree's growth. Uh, there's a, a piece in book nine that uh, her partner has, uh, like I say, it's too detailed to tell to exactly how, but he gets a seed from that tree and yeah, growing, growing as a gift yeah. to her. Oh, my God. That's so Yeah, good. and I, I haven't, no, I haven't written where she planted no. the tree yet, but uh, but it was like, it was a, it's a seed from her, you know, like, because it's like a uh, cedar tree is, is basically, right. uh, and they have cones in the seeds. And That's so um, he's able to get, a cone from that tree because this is like I say it's still in that same year's timeline like um, right. almost maybe eight ten months later or something like that and uh, through his uh, skill using energy he starts the seedling growing in a handful of earth and see the thing that popped up that I that I've had people comment particularly is when when she's taken back to her tree, when they find, in book one, when uh, Morgana with her aunt and uh, her aunt's half-sister, Rejat, they come back across the tree because it's on their the trail where they're going. Right, right. And Elos, her aunt, uh, leads her to the tree and puts her hand on it. She hears the tree. She hears the tree's song, and it forgives her. For not protecting it from, you know, from her father. Well, but, so there's element. There's which, just all these, which is a pretty easy forgive because the the madman, you know, the angry. But, man. but it still was. It was an to me. It was an important element because she felt guilty that she couldn't protect the tree. 
Right. It is. A, it is. A, and I understand. I relate to that so much because my father was very violent towards the end of his life. And, and the crazy part was he would do these things and not remember them. Right. Okay. Wow. So the tumor. And so I felt, and I was 11 years old when he died, but I felt I had failed to protect my mother and sister and brother from his violence. Right. And it wasn't yeah. until my mother was dying that I realized I was a little kid. He was a grown, he was a, my husband, my husband, my father was a trained killer. Okay. He was wow. counterintelligence agent. Okay. How was an 11 year old girl? Right. Exactly. There's no way. But for 50 years, you know, I felt I had failed. And so I understand that completely, that those feelings of guilt when it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. There was no way you could have done that. Right. Right. No. So we are uh, coming towards the end of our show. I mean, it's just, this has been delightful, but I want to make sure that if there's anything you think is super important that we share with the audience, that we get that in, uh, in the next couple of minutes so that, uh, we don't forget anything that's, that's, that we need to share. Well, the only thing that comes to mind is expect to be taken for a ride. If you get into these books, <laughs> they can yeah. change your life. Because I've heard that. I mean, they, they changed mine, but I've heard that from readers, some readers. No, no, it's true. Because yeah, I read they, those. They, there's, because this is inviting spirit in through a fantasy format, which allows the reader to disconnect from the everyday, you know, whatever their everyday world. Right, right. And so the, there's triggers all through the book um, for emotional healing. No, I totally agree, and that's why I want to start over and read, because I read the first few, but it's been quite a few years. Exactly, yeah. And, and yeah. so rereading this uh, this book number one, The Children of the Inari, and let me just spell Ollie's name for you so that you know, A-L-I. Two I's, two I's. Oh, A-L-I-I, I'm sorry, like Inari, A-N-A-R-I-I. Yes. I-I, mate. Uh, no, <laughs> sorry. A L I I Beck B E K. If you go into Facebook, I don't. I actually don't have a website right now. I have uh, Lulu dot slash Anari Books is the um, where my books are in, in Lulu. They do pop up in Amazon, but I think you actually for past the first three, you have to go to Lulu to the Lulu website. Um, and you can go on. They but going on your Facebook page is probably the easiest way, right? That'd be the easiest way to contact me at this point, but it's Ollie M as in Morgana Beck with no C B E K. Right. Right. So um that is that that is the, the easiest contact. And and Ollie is definitely a good person to talk to in terms of of a spiritual counselor as well. So I know that we didn't talk about me blabbing that out to the world, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing it anyway. Well time for a change. So. Because because you do have a talent uh, all the way around. You're an artist of life. And you. your books are one aspect of how you share knowledge and how you share the spirituality. And one of the things I like to share with people and end our show with is, remember, as you go through your days, do what Ollie Beck did and dance. And my friends, please remember, you too can dance 
every day.